You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John David speaks with Jake Sarofman, CMO at Vizier. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here, John. Why don't you share your first insight? My first insight? Well, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And in that time, I've seen a complete about shift on the role of brand in B2B marketing. There was a time when brand was seen as fluffy and, and light and almost irresponsible as an area of investment for B2B marketers because so much was focused on demand and attributable demand and brand felt disconnected from a way of showing measure, measurable return on marketing investments. And, and it felt like the province of scaled B2C programs as opposed to more direct response B2B or more addressable B2B programs. And I've seen that change dramatically and I'm so glad for it because it's been a real differentiator for me in my last two roles as a CMO, both here at Vizier and at Pendo, in really differentiating a company by creating a story and an essence and an ethos and a community that really sets it apart, sets these companies apart. Because ultimately, innovation cycles are compressing. So companies are innovating faster. It's much easier because of various approaches to cloud computing and frameworks. And so it's much harder to differentiate on the basis of product alone. And experience, of course, is a big part of that, you know, delivering a great customer experience. But brand too is so much a part of it because ultimately, if you think about it, there is no real distinction between B2B and B2C marketing. Sure, there are some distinctions in the, in the sense that B2B purchases tend to be higher involvement, higher consideration, higher price point in many cases, but not always. But in both cases, we are selling to human beings. And human beings wake up every day with the same set of thoughts and emotions and needs and aspirations and goals and challenges and pains and problems in their lives and at work and at home. And all these things need to feed into how you think about the stories you tell and how you show up as an organization in their lives. So in your experience as a B2B marketer, has brand been something as you're dealing with your senior leadership team, has brand been something that you've gotten a lot of pushback on and they just want to see, hey, show us the ROI, show us where the next dollar is coming from. And when you're trying to show, hey, here's how we build our brand, that kind of gets shushed away? It used to be the case. It, it no longer is or hasn't been in, say, the last eight years. But I do remember many, many years where it was such a challenge to even get an audience on these more speculative, what were seen as speculative investments on brand. We were overweight on demand, underweight on brand, and it became a bit of a race to the bottom. As innovation cycles accelerate, as companies need to seek different ways to differentiate and rise above the noise, brand is just proven to be a really, really important tool or resource for companies to think about in the B2B space. And in CEOs that 
may have been skeptical are now believers because they see the impact of it. They can feel the impact of it and they know it is the magic multiplier of demand. What is the sort of what are some tactics that you're using to build brand in the B2B space? Is it is it similar to the channels you might use in B2C or is it distinct from that? Oh, it's definitely distinct from that. I mean, there's some overlap, of course. Our strategy from a brand perspective, I call it the wall of sound. And the wall of sound is essentially to say that more equals more. And that's a bit of an overstatement. It's a little hyperbolic because, of course, we are thoughtful about the channels that we select and prioritize and how we think about the orchestration of a strategy. But it is focused on the idea of taking big swings and really ensuring that there is a high volume of output and storytelling that's happening in concert to create a sort of wave of awareness around whatever campaign or program or activation we're trying to emphasize at a given moment and doing it in ways that speaks to the emotional elements of what the business problem might be and speaks directly to our audiences in a way that's human and authentic is such an overused word, but it really is about authenticity and showing up in a way that feels more conversational and relatable. And then when there's opportunities to really have those galvanizing corporate moments, whether it's a a major trade show or event or a fundraising moment or an acquisition, really investing disproportionately and taking what I describe as big swings and punching above your weight. So showing up with a massively outsized investment to whatever extent you can justify it within your budget, but going big and getting the creative right, getting the messaging right, getting the experience to wrap around it right. A big part of what we try to do in those galvanizing corporate moments is create memorable, indelible experiences for our customers and prospects because the next pair of great branded socks are not going to be the difference maker and making an impression, a lasting impression with a prospect, bringing them to an event where they make incredible connections, they experience something they wouldn't have otherwise experienced, they have conversations that are stimulating and they have fun, and it's done in such a classy way. Like Those things are the difference difference makers, in my opinion. And you mentioned before the mics heated up, you mentioned uh, dark funnels and how the buying journey today, especially for B2B or, or a high ticket B2C purchase is through a dark funnel. I think about it, I call it the rabbit hole theory, which is that you have to give people the ability to go down a rabbit hole at their own pace. And in order to do that, you've got to have enough stuff for, for, for them to sort of find. How do you think about the dark funnel? Yeah, it's such a fascinating topic. The dark funnel, the way I think about it is, It's essentially the conversations that are happening independent of any addressable, trackable, even visible channel. So it could be private Slack groups associated with specific communities of interest or communities of practice, like I'm part of multiple CMO Slack groups. And there's always conversations around, hey, what do you use for ABM intent tracking? And which tools should we choose or what's your impression or experience with X, Y, and Z product? That's the the most influential voice in the consideration of a purchase is coming from peers that you respect who are sharing it in a trusted, 
environment where it's not cultivated or orchestrated by marketing because i think the everybody understands that there is a man behind the curtain or woman in many cases in um the cultivation of case studies and success stories and testimonials and and even reviews as powerful as reviews are there are programs driving reviews but you get the unvarnished truth in these dark channels so as i think about it it's like as trust diminishes in the more public forums there's going to be a migration toward these these less visible forums and then the question for marketers is how do you influence them yeah that's exactly what my next question was so as you think about the dark funnel dark social conversations happening in dms and slack groups and places that you're not privy to by design i mean the whole point right. is if you if you were privy to them they wouldn't exist exactly. they wouldn't serve the function so how do you track a sale or a lead or a deal that came from the dark funnel comes back to my first point around brand this podcast is brought to you by influicity since 2015 we've been building brand communities that drive revenue first we did it through influencers then we added podcasts today we work with world-class brands to build optimize and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand it's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it Learn more at Influicity.com. So it's all kind of interrelated, and there's no easy answer here, by the way. So it may sound like a little bit of a punt on your question, but deliver a product that solves a problem, a high-value problem in a differentiated way. Deliver an experience that anticipates and fulfills their needs and, and delights them and respects them, treats them appropriately with respect, wrap it with a brand that makes an emotional connection with them and an experience that they'll never forget. And they're your, they're your advocates for life. And the way they show up in those conversations is going to be exactly how you want them to. So there's no shortcut. It's getting all those things working together to ensure that when those conversations happen in or out of sight, they're happening in a way that gives you an unfair advantage. Yeah. One of the things we talk about at Influicity, brand, of course, is super valuable. We say brand is where logic ends and emotion begins. It's when people start making emotional decisions because right. they just like you. And then on the flip side, what you need to think about, in my opinion, on the whole dark social side or dark funnel is you need to build a community that exists so that your brand can exist in the wild. So the community is there to actually speak for you when you're not privy to those conversations. And so you want to have a great product and a great service and all this kind of stuff so that the community is there to actually recommend you when that question is put out there, hey, which ABM software should I use? And now someone is there to speak on your behalf. Yeah, that's really well said. I've said it a few times. That's why I heard it. <laughs> So let's flip the conversation over to a totally different area. Let's talk about AI, which I, I know you have some, some, uh, some interesting thoughts on. What do you think AI's role is in marketing? I don't know how interesting my thoughts are. I think we're all still trying to figure out generative AI and what it's going to mean. A lot of us, including my team, are already using it in sort of the expected, almost obvious use cases at this point. It's an amazing multiplier on our team resource and just doing sort of research and first drafts and even creating imagery, we're using it in that way now. And it is a multiplier on capacity for sure and a multiplier on velocity. 
But I think that's the tactical use case, and that's not particularly differentiating. I think that the real differentiation is going to come for the marketers that figure out as it gains traction and becomes a key part of how our buyers are researching and selecting products, how to influence it through generative AI as a new user experience, because it has the potential to fundamentally disrupt and even disintermediate traditional sources of insight on that self-directed buying journey, like websites and review sites and advertising. So what's that going to look like? I don't have the answer to that question, but it's coming. Yeah, it's interesting. Something that I hadn't thought of, but I, I heard recently, and I thought, oh, that's a, that's a use case I hadn't thought of before, is the idea that as these language models become more advanced and we get into GPT-4, 5, 6, 7, 8, what's going to happen when the, GT, the GPT learns that the best email software is X, is this piece of software? And then when someone says, what email software sh- should I use? It just recommends that. Mm-hmm. And how do you become the, the recommended email software, fast food restaurant, car model, right? I never thought about that before. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying. It's kind of similar to my answer around how do you influence the dark funnel? There are no easy answers or shortcuts. So what you're describing really depends on doing the things that ensure that you show up on the list that way which go back to delivering products that solve high-value business problems in differentiated ways, delivering experiences that anticipate and fulfill needs, wrapping it with a brand that connect with some emotional need, and then delivering experiences that create an indelible connection to that brand. All those things feed into what you're describing and will influence how you show up in that answer. So I think the answer may be totally unsatisfying. There are no shortcuts. You mentioned also the idea of customer marketing and customer proof. So customer proof is interesting because I think about it like you can create evidence, but proof is, is difficult. And I wonder what you think about in terms of creating proof for, for your brand. How do you create customer proof? It's a good question. I don't know if I make a strong delineation between the concepts of evidence and proof. I mean, proof is probably too high a burden, but it is absolutely necessary to ensure that you're giving people evidence along their buying journey that you are the clear right answer based on the experiences that your customers have had along the way. And of course, you know, back to the conversation about the dark funnel and these private social communities, a lot of that's going to show up there but there's also important touch points along the way. Review sites being the most influential and and case studies and testimonials and all of that. So it all sort of feeds into that, that algorithm of the buyer's algorithm of how they make a decision around what is directionally correct for their needs and what is the safest company to buy from. And is that a big part of your strategy in the B2B context? Are you thinking about how do we show up on review site A and, re- and review oh, site B? Yeah, 100%. We spend a lot of time thinking about that. And it's something that is very, very important to us. And is that a, um, I mean, I guess I should, say, I should say, is that something that you can manufacture? Or is that really about just providing great experiences and, and asking people to, to, to share them? 
there's no way to manufacture it. You can influence it to some degree. So for example, when you have a, if someone responds to your NPS survey with a nine or 10, the next action might be, would you mind providing a review? So it's a way of maybe directing your happy customers to advocate out in the wild for you. But there's no, there's, there's no way to, to fake it. It requires customers actually being happy. And then what you mentioned earlier, the idea, uh, you, you talked about in-person events and, and uh, conferences. Is that, is that something that you find powerful? You know, here we are in a post-COVID era, everyone yeah. in person again. Is, is events something that you uh, pay attention to? Massive. Yeah. And we, we're in the HR tech space. So HR professionals tend to be people people, unsurprisingly. They are very social creatures. And there has been an appetite, maybe even more so post-COVID because of pent-up desire to connect in person for some of the larger events, as well as much smaller, more intimate proprietary events that we create to bring together communities of practice or interest within, within our world. So getting CHROs to connect with CHROs in a, at a private dinner, something like that, has been also very, very important for us. And uh, they're extremely successful and very, very well attended. At one of our conferences a few months ago in Paris, we actually had a, we hosted a private dinner cruise on the River Seine, and we brought together 100 plus prospects and customers and industry analysts and created a magical experience. It was like bucket list stuff. For me too, it was pretty, pretty awesome. That sort of event, bringing people together and putting a halo effect around your brand by giving them an awesome experience, that, that, that works wonders. You got it. Jake, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. It's my pleasure. It was fun. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at influicity.com.